Welcome aboard the USS Aeronome. To become a member of our crew, please visit perfectorganism.com slash support. As a patron of Perfect Organism, you'll receive exclusive perks and early access to content. Incoming audio transmission received. Please proceed to Subdeck 3 to begin playback. Thank you, and welcome aboard. I think we ought to discuss the bonus situation. Right. Brett and right. I, we think we ought to, we deserve full shares, right, right baby? You see, Mr. Park and I feel that the bonus situation is... Move! Get out of there! Move! Dad! Move, Dad! Move, Dad! Get out! Welcome to a- What the fuck was that? <laughs> I don't know. I what was reading was at the same time and it said alien and I looked at it and I was like, oh, welcome to- <laughs> Welcome to, to alien. Welcome to alien. <laughs> that, was, that was off to a good start. Okay. Welcome to Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast. I am your host, Jamie, and this is... Patrick. Hey, man, we are coming up to the end of this year, and I am so honored to have shared it with you and with our listeners and with this incredible community, because it has been a crazy time. It has been a crazy, amazing year. So much fun. I mean, we met for the first time, and then we met again for the first for the second time and spent four days together downtown LA, and uh, we had a, an incredible series that we've been working on the forbidden planet in the 40th year anniversary year of alien. I mean, it's just been awesome. I mean, going to the exhibit together, seeing all the props, seeing just that first day, picking you up from the airport and driving you over or we we drive over and then we got lost. And it's like, you're at USC <laughs> yeah. and we're at this cul-de-sac by this freeway. You remember that? We were in like yes. a fucking residential development. I was like, <laughs> and you were like, doesn't look I don't the way think I this pictured is it. it. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It, maybe California is really different, but like, this is a house that we're pulling up to right now. I don't that even know funny. where. I, that was really funny. And that was then, really funny. So we end up at the exhibit, and it was just completely surreal. It was so it was surreal. surreal. Surreal to be there with you, like one of my best friends, to look at all these props, all these things we've talked about for years and years, to see a xenomorph there, to see an engineer there, to see the suit from Covenant there, to see the, the Giger Bambi Burster. I mean, just amazing shit. It was, it was absolutely amazing. crazy. And we were seeing it, of course, like you said, in the 40th anniversary year. And we got to celebrate Alien Day in the in, of the 40th anniversary year of the film's release. There were so many things this year that we got to experience as friends and as a fandom and as a show. Um, and I think we're going to have such a fun time tonight unpacking some of that stuff. But before we do, a quick note that this show is brought to you by our patrons.
and we are so incredibly lucky to have a really loyal group of a couple dozen patrons who support this every single month and allow us to do things like produce audio dramas. We're hoping to produce another one uh, that allow us to do things like uh, with the the video project that we did this year, which I'm sure we're going to get to at some point, that help us to get uh, equipment to be able to do in-person recordings, to put on live events. We did a, an enormous event for Shoulder of Orion, our sister show this year, um, and we'd love to do one for Alien also. But um, I think that in order to do that, we rely on our patrons. We rely on you guys and your generosity and you believing in what we do so strongly that you're able to um, support it. And uh, so before we get into the episode, we just wanted to take a second to mention that and to say that if you would like to join our Patreon program, if you've been on the fence about it, if you you know went, if you were there for a while and kind of left and want to come back, it's perfectorganism.com slash support, or just look for us on Patreon. You can give at any level, but if you give at the $2 level, you get access to a lot of stuff, including exclusive episodes on movies like The Thing, The Shining, great films that have a really deep connection to the film that we talk about week in and week out in the films that we talk about. Um, but it's a whole different side of this uh, organization and of this project. And we would love to invite you on the ship with us as we steer it into the future and celebrate the next five years of this incredible project that Jamie started. Absolutely. I mean, frame rate, frame rate, frame rate. Yes, we have frame rate on there, but Patreon is so important because it will allow us to really invest in one of our biggest and most successful projects, which was Proximity, which released almost two years ago now, which was crazy. I mean, I, I still remember those final days like, Jamie, what are you doing? Are you going to, you know, we're, we're working. You're, you just finished this big project. You're trying to, you're doing all this work. And then uh, it was just, it was crazy. It was insane, but it was so much fun. And I want to do another one. We're talking about another one right now. I have an idea for a, uh, an audio drama set within the alien universe that I haven't even told Patrick about. Wow, you, you just had this idea during the Patreon conversation, didn't you? No, no, I didn't. I've been thinking about yeah, this idea fucking, for a few days. Yeah, you fucking you just had this idea. I could <laughs> I could see that. But really like the reality is with Patreon and all of you guys and those listening who aren't subscribers, the more we get, the more we give. That's really how it works. I would like to be able to do this full time. I would like to be able to not have to go to a day job and do this full time. That's the dream. That's probably a dream for a lot of people. It's a reality. And the alien community is rich and it's amazing. And But really, at the end of the day, I'm a huge fan and all of you guys are too. And I am happy just to be doing this. But we'd like to do more. We have a lot of ideas. A lot of uh, our creative juices are flowing. So we hope to see some of you as subscribers soon. So we're not going to be, you know, giving this whole spiel every time, but we are going to try to remind you guys about Patreon a little more often because we could use the support and also because it's such a great opportunity, we think, for you to get more deeply involved with the show. Um, and before we get into the episode tonight and before we close out this incredible year that we've enjoyed together, we want to do one last read-through of all of our current patrons. Um, and this is this is for you guys and for everybody listening. Thank you so much. Uh, so Sethicus0480, Dan Ferlito. Patrick Ayub, Zachary Rice, Darren Gold, Paul Goodfellow, Nathan Gribble, Brendan Lutmer, Nigel Carroll, Richie Ammons, Steve Appleman, Mike Dennis, David Benson, Tim Hazeldean, Ken S., Peter from the Midwest, Alexander Gates, Carla Rosa, Rick Howard, Ali Egan, Noah Howard, Xander House, Dom, Stephen Bischoff, Graham Kirk, and Craig Wright. And we also have a couple... Uh, who donate without actually actually asking for any reward whatsoever, but they're still going to get a shout out. One of them is our very dear friend Clara 
Mother 9000, and also Andy Eve. Uh, and I just, I just want to say that's, it's just incredible to, um, to be able to create content along with you guys. And thank you so much for that. Yes. Thank you so much. It's, it's just an honor. So let's get rolling, bitch. So let's get rolling. So Patrick, what are some highlights from this year for you in terms of forbidden planet and the 40th year of alien being in the world? I think the the one that obviously is the dominant highlight for me was getting to hang out for the first time and getting to do PO live together. I thought yeah. that was just it's such a trip. I mean, you have to understand people who are listening to this. Uh, you know, Jamie and I talk every day uh, at some length. Um, you know, and and we, I mean, probably literally, I don't think there's been a day really that has gone by where we haven't spoken since we've you know become really good friends like three years ago or whatever it was. Um, so, you know, we're very present in each other's lives, but what's interesting about podcasting and about social media and, and, you know, the internet obviously is that it's, it's not a physical medium, right? So you, you get these really deep friendships with people, but, uh, you don't get to actually hang out. And Jamie and I live in opposite sides of the country. Uh, we are in very different time zones. As we record this, it's past 11 o'clock for me. Um, you know, like it's a totally different, uh, rhythm of life. But we got to actually hang out in person and got to like experience just the simple joy of just talking and not having to go run and do a million things or having to get off because it's too late. But just getting to like go drive around, go to in, in and out and go see. Get this, in a car wreck. <laughs> get get, get a, minor, <laughs> a minor accident. A minor accident. Uh, it, it, like there were all of these just wonderful memories from that trip. And, and I really think the fact that we basically went from the airport you know, after getting something to eat to the, to USC, you have to understand, like, this was the first time I have ever spent any actual time in California that wasn't in an airport or leaving or coming and going. Like, to me, getting to, like, see one of my best friends in person and hang out, getting to go to a state that I've never actually, like, spent any time in, but I've obviously heard so much about and so much of my life because of my love of film has been wrapped up with, getting to go to Hollywood and getting to go into actual downtown Los Angeles and then going all the way through the fucking 405, which is, you know, getting to see the highways that we always hear about in person, and then getting to go to the fucking University of Southern California, which is a place that is just so steeped in legend um, and so full of these names. I mean, I still remember, as I mentioned on that episode, like, looking, seeing the George Lucas building and the Steven Spielberg building and seeing, you know, photo equipment that was used on sets in the 60s, seeing these these incredible relics that are just sitting out in the open because it's just like where this stuff lives now. And in one of those small wings, in one of those buildings was a little patch of real estate that I had been wanting to see in person so fervently for such a long time. And, uh, and I got to actually go there and see it. And it was just this like, I was surprised at how tight it was. It was like, you know, a 30 foot by 12 foot room or something. I mean, it was just filled with essentially priceless alien memorabilia and artifacts. And to me, for some reason, even though there were more kind of like historically important things there, the thing that meant the most to me, and I don't know why, but it's the thing that I think about the most, was seeing Carlo Rimbaldi's handwritten sketches for the inner draw mechanism. Mm -hmm. That to me was like, I think it's because I've I've seen it. It's sort of like, you know, uh, seeing like Daniel Bannon's early sketches about how the alien was going to work, you know, like mm -hmm. seeing these uh, these things that you've just seen a million times on television and in documentaries and in Charles Lazarica's incredible stuff. These these things that you kind of forget are actually real pieces of paper and then seeing them there and they're pieces of paper. They're only 40 years old. Right. 
but their but their importance to us is so great that they they might as well have been from ancient Egypt or something. Yeah, they're like sacred texts. They really sure. are like sacred for texts. Sure. I and mean, this one little seeing, piece of note paper was so yes. powerful to me. You know. Yeah, seeing the hand, the original hand from the from an alien costume used in the film, right there, is yeah. It's it's amazing when those things that we just know on a screen are then in real life. I mean, even the the covenant stuff it was just we're seeing. So Ripley eight's costume in that glass and it's huge. Cause she's tall. She's almost six feet. It just felt like she was there with us. It felt like we were standing next to Ripley eight from alien resurrection. It was profound. It was really a profound it and it was a quiet, it was quiet space. Like we kind of walked in there and there was this, it wasn't that big of a space, but it just felt reverent. Like we were in a cathedral. It just, and the it ceilings was, were tall. I think that's part of the cathedral feel, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was it was a small room, but the ceiling was really tall. So any sound you made reverberated quite a bit against mm-hmm. the stone. And so Jamie and I walked in there, as many of you probably remember, doing a live stream, right? We started outside. We kind of had our like catch up moment, welcomed everybody there. And again, this is something I'm sure we'll get to later, but a big thing for me this year was um, was paying attention to where people were calling in from when they would join our live streams. And I just remember like we turned on the, the equipment and just seeing people just joining from like all over the world and thinking like, oh my God, these people are actually like here with us in this space together. And, you know, and so we start off thinking well, we're going to be loud and boisterous and have fun and be kind of ourselves. And then we like walk in and you're, it's like you're walking into a church, right? <laughs> you immediately kind of like, okay, I got to be quiet. This is a respectful space. You know, I don't want to disturb people who are praying because it felt like that. It felt like it was a, it was a pilgrimage site. And one mm. of the things that I loved about this year is that because it coincided with this exhibit for the first almost half of it, um, there were, I, I kept seeing people going to it and posting pictures. Like I remember, you know, our friends from AVP Galaxy got to go. Um, seeing other people who listen to this show got to get to go at various points in time and send us our pictures friends, and send the Brian Dillon, pictures. yeah, yeah, Brian Dillon, yep. Um, and it was like we were all making this pilgrimage. You know, we were all finding a way to get to this one little tiny patch of Earth. And again, I think that speaks to that same thing that I was mentioning before about how. All of us interact in this digital way all the time, right? Like when you listen to this podcast, you people out there, you're just plugging it into your ears, you know, or putting it onto the car or wherever you are. And it's a very personal little moment where we're kind of, you know, getting thank thank you. We're getting kind of invited into your headspace. But it's just this like intimate little conversation with, you know, the three of us, right? Or, or whoever, however many people are on the show and you. And then you go to like a physical space like that. And it becomes more than that. You realize that there are people all over the world who are doing this together and that there are all these invisible voices in that conversation with us at any given time. And seeing them kind of inhabit that physical place together was really powerful for me. Yeah, I I can only echo those sentiments. It was really uh, an emotional thing. I mean, I think part of it also was because you and I had known each other for years, but it only had met via Skype. And so here we are, you know, picking you up in my car and seeing you next to me in my car, like, like manifest. It was like, Oh, he is real. You know? So then he's so tall, (laughs) such a big dick. (laughs) Um, How can one man be that attractive? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then, so we're having this experience of we're connecting as people um, for the first time in real time. And then we take that new connection you know, at least the real time version of it, and we enter into that space. It was really wonderful and it was really beautiful. I mean, I'm gonna look back on this 10, 20 years from now. I'm thinking I got to see props from my favorite movies with 
one of my best friends. Totally. Like, it, it was great. It was so special. And even the other things in that trip that we didn't even tell people about. Like, for example, um, you know, one of the things that we like to try to do when we hang out is see a movie. Uh, because we that's like, you know, our common love, right? Or one of them. And, uh, and we went and saw Alita of all movies while we were there, which is a movie that on the face of it, we probably, we thought we would love, right? We, we were kind of like yeah. excited to go see it and we both fucking hated it. Oh, and getting, I hated it. Getting yeah, to complain it about it in real, in real time with you, like in person was so funny because a lot of our best conversations, I feel like are when we're kind of like either giving each other shit or giving something shit together. There's something really fun about that dynamic of our friendship and getting to just like stay up with you after that movie and fucking make fun of it was like so much fun. <laughs> it was great. Like I, to see a movie with you in the theater, because you and I are the same, Dan's the same way too, where a theater experience is a is like going to church. It's very reverential. It's very sacred. To me, it is. like That's why I can go to a movie by myself, because I'm not there for anything else except for to experience this hopefully good thing on screen. And I got to experience that that tragedy with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was not good. You know, I want to say something else too, looking back on this year. So going into that, what people didn't know about because we hadn't announced it yet, uh, was that we were days away from interviewing Diane O'Bannon. And that was something, because of course we did that and then we sat on it for a while because it was an Alien Day release. And we'll get to Alien Day in a, in a moment. But I have to say, we interviewed her like right before I got to Los Angeles. And I remember getting to talk about so much of the things that were in the exhibit with her before seeing it. And I felt like Dan's spirit was there Mm -hmm. with us in a very real and tangible way. And I think it's because we became in some way friends with Diane O'Bannon. We became like, we connected on a soul level a little bit in that conversation, you know? I mean, she's somebody who blew us away with how candid she was and how earnest and honest and just wonderful she was. And I just remember I was so nervous, you know, I I don't, I don't get too nervous about speaking with guests, but, but, but Dan O'Bannon, again, talking about going to church, like that is, that is sacred space for me. Um, And we were going to be getting so close to him by talking to the woman who knew him better than anybody else. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I remember we called her up, you know, she picked up the call and uh, and there was like silence for a moment, and I saw her image before you know we turned video off. She was on the screen with us talking for a minute, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's Diane O'Bannon!" And then the episode started, and that whole time I had that same feeling of like, "This is a conduit to something so profound for us," and she is being so humble and open and kind with her time and with her. What must be really difficult because he hasn't been dead for that long. I mean, he he you know he died. What was it? Ten years? T- Around ten years ago, like something like a decade ago at this point. Yeah. Um, and uh, and she was so honest and and open about it. Going to the exhibit and getting to see a lot of the things that she had mentioned, a lot of his handwritten mm-hmm. notes, a lot of the sketches, because of course she was consulted with this and she helped provide some of his materials for this exhibit. Um, as for she also did for memory, the origins of Alien. And Which I hope she doesn't hate hate us that we didn't like it. We love you, <laughs> Diane. We love you so much. We we you really heart, do. You were the heart of memory. It should have all 100%. been about you and Dan. Hundred percent, one hundred percent. But but I really felt like when we went into that cathedral like space, that it was suffused with the spirit of Dan O'Bannon. And when I look back on this year in the future, on this 40th anniversary year, Dan O'Bannon is all over it.
I would absolutely agree. And just talk about Diane just for a moment more. Um, I really, she's someone who I think about quite a bit, to be honest with you. I think about how is Diane doing? Like I just, she's just, she was just so kind and she took us into her space, her, her emotional headspace and talked about her husband and humanized him in a way that we have never heard before. And that interview was exclusive to us. She hasn't given an interview like that to anybody else. She's been a part of other things, some 40th anniversary things, some like the documentary, but what she just took two hours of her time and gave it to us to talk about this wonderful man that she was married to and that she loved, who was the father, is the father of Alien. He is why we are here right now. And that was, uh, I can't go on enough about that. That was just incredible. I want to say, I just looked it up actually. And um, tomorrow, as we record this, tomorrow will be the 10th anniversary of his passing. Wow. So it's been almost literally exactly, actually, and, and on this East Coast, I'm 45 minutes away from tomorrow. So it's pretty crazy that I was trying to think about when it was, and it's 45 minutes away from being a decade. Uh, that's, that's amazing. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get over that. And I, I just want to say, I think my favorite moment in that interview, other than hearing about his childhood and hearing about their life together, which I, I, I loved when she talked about just like what it was like to live with him and to share that kind of semi-bohemian, anything can happen life is crazy, let's embrace it and go full throttle. Um, I love that. But I, a, 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 kind of an anecdote from it that I really loved and that I took away was when she was talking about him on the airplane. And I, I mentioned this a couple months ago on another episode. But I really, I will never forget that because he was mentioning how these guys in front of him were talking about Alien, right? And about how it, what, what it was like for him to hear people talking about something that was so personal for him. Because the fear was from his, like, id. That was like, a, that was that was his fear that he was, putting out there mm-hmm. and it resonated with so many people that I'm sure he could never in a million years have thought it would actually take off the way that it did and he was sitting on an airplane hearing people talk about basically his own head and and I, I've never I've never lost that image the fact that this thing that was so personal to him that was so subjective has gone on to become so universally powerful for so many people yeah um yeah I mean you you you've said it I there's, I feel like I know Dan O'Bannon in a way. I've, of course, never met him. Um, he, he died, you know, before the podcast ever started. But I feel like I, I know him uh, because of, because of Diane O'Bannon number one. Also because I feel like this year has, and rightly so, given space for him, saying, "Hey, we need to remember him." Um, and as tough as we were on the documentary memory, they really did justice by him. Um, saying this man is responsible for this story. Certainly, there's all the players, there's Giger, there's everybody, but we would not have this film if we did not have that story. And Dan O'Bannon totally. is the man behind that story. So I really feel like he got uh, what he was owed, not owed in a like, you owe me, but like just he got the respect that he deserved. And uh, I think it's a wonderful thing. 100%. Um, I, I think we also can't talk about this year without talking about the North Bergen High School play. And that, and that gets me to this whole other thing I wanted to kind of mention, which was the this this year, especially the the first half of it, the sort of Alien Day time of this year, was so suffused with positivity in Alien fandom, and that was really refreshing. I feel like this is the year we kind of turned a corner a little bit on arguing about prequels, mm-hmm. on on kind of getting in the weeds about the future of the franchise, of the franchise, about being upset about the Disney situation. Go bum camp. Okay. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> this was like, it, it, I feel like something happened this year where we kind of, you know, 
we've been through a lot, like we mentioned a lot in the show, right? The, the uncertainty about the future, this whole dissension, this arguing, these encampments that have sprung up around different, you know, um, about the, whether it be the Blomkamp project or whether it be people that are defending the prequels or Ridley Scott or whatever, um, all of the uncertainty about the Disney acquisition of 20th Century Fox, which is something that I still, I, I haven't wrapped my head around yet. Like that's something that to me is crazy, especially now that we have Disney plus in our lives, which is something that back then was just this far off kind of, you know, idea that would happen at some point like now if all of this stuff is coming into place and pretty soon we're probably going to be seeing the alien films on disney plus which will well, be not probably trip. disney plus it'll be on hulu or something because disney owns yeah hulu. maybe that's yeah that's probably true yeah i guess regardless there, mommy what's that creature <laughs> <laughs> it's just it, it's it's interesting to think about i mean you know avatar is on disney plus i i guess it, it's just i'm i'm starting to think that uh things are going to be okay that we're going to make it and i think that there was a time last year where i was a little concerned about that and a huge signal to me that things were going to be okay was how much fandom rallied in the first few months of this year around the anniversary around this crazy high school play that became a real legitimate viral sensation um and how much uh the positivity from that radiated outwards and we had Ridley Scott sending personal messages about it we had Sigourney Weaver going there meeting the kids the kids were freaking Mm -hmm. out and it's so funny it was just this random little high school play that was extraordinarily well done obviously that was also like a pretty blatant copyright infringement that like I think a lot of other companies might have shut down but Fox you know for what for you know at least what was left of Fox at that point to their credit, like embraced it a hundred percent, and part of that I think was seeing the social media feeds of Alien really come into their own this year too. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the North Bergen High School thing, in some ways, might have been a wake up call a little bit that Alien was still a huge part of contemporary culture. Yeah, it's in the zeitgeist still. It's always it really is. is. It's not just in the zeitgeist; it's forefront in terms of fandoms. What people are talking about, what what you see, you see alien references all over fandom. It doesn't matter what movie group you're in. It's alien stuff is all over, whether it's practical effect groups, which I'm in, or writers groups, which I'm in. You see alien shit all over the place. It's it's continually relevant. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just scrolling through Reddit on any given day. I'm almost guaranteed to see some kind of an alien reference or a meme from, from Alien. And not on the alien subreddits or anything. I mean, specifically just people using the idea of a chest burster or a face hugger or get away from her, you bitch, or these these game over, man. These things that are just so legendary in culture. Um, it's it's just, it's more present than it's ever been, which is amazing because it's also more up in the air than it's ever been. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But you also had, in the midst of all this, you had the incredible Tongle film project that, yeah. again, was like just a great, I mean, it was so fun watching those come out. I loved how they were released staggered leading up to Alien Day so we could all like be talking about it. We could be arguing about what we liked, what we didn't like, and we could be kind of rallying around the ones that were, or that were really good. We could be having fun seeing what these new filmmakers were doing with this legacy that we know and we love so well. And fandom just like ate it up. Yeah. It was really, really exciting. I mean, again, as everyone knows, I was invited to the screening at Fox um, with some friends from AVP Galaxy who I'd never met, who I had known. Who um, We all were there talking and watching these films with the filmmakers, Q&A afterwards. It was just an amazing time. It was a really wonderful celebration. And uh, we were able to review each film on the show. Did we re- review each film on the show? I think we did, didn't we? 
Uh, yes, at least most of them, yeah. Yeah, I think it was kind of a roundtable review of each film. Yeah, right, right, right. It was just a really fun time. And in terms of, I want to make a special note just to talk about fandom and really give some love and respect to everybody involved in fandom, the alien fandom, and talk about that corner that we turned. Because really, we're in this environment right now in terms of fandoms where there's a shit ton of toxicity. And a lot of that is kind of emanating from Star Wars. A lot of the, it's true. It's just, And we it's are just days tr- away. Are you fucking pumped for Thursday, by the way? Oh, my God. Yeah, you I'm got- going Thursday night. I'm going Friday morning. Yeah, we're doing, um, th- we're doing Thursday night and Saturday morning. I'm fucking oh, really? so pumped. Yeah. yeah, I'm going 1030 Thursday night, 830 Friday morning. Yeah. Um, oh, dude, I'm doing the 830 morning on the Saturday, too, with the kids. Oh, yeah. really? But and awesome, Thursday night, awesome. I have to go after rehearsals. Well, I'm you're 18 hours ahead o'clock. of me, so we'll be going at the same time. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> no, I'm so excited. Um, and I'm so... And you, you know me. We've talked about this. Star Wars is... An, an enormous part of both of our lives. It is something that is, is fa- I mean, it's part of the foundation of my wife and I's marriage is, is our love for Star Wars. It's like part of how we bonded. And mm-hmm. it has been so hard to talk about Star Wars in any real way with people who aren't like friends and family over the last few years because mm-hmm. of that toxicity. Because it has yeah. been just so difficult. Every, like I, uh, and I'm going to relate this back to alien fandom, but I just, I think it deserves a little bit of a discussion in terms of, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. There are some criticisms that I have. I've been enjoying a Mandalorian like everybody else. I have some issues with a couple of episodes like a lot of people do. But Star Wars brings me joy. These new films bring me joy. Despite them, some glaring issues, they bring me joy. And it's, it's an exciting time that we're coming up on the final Skywalker entry into this sequel trilogy that makes up nine films. It's a really exciting time. It's a huge I'm, deal. I can't wait to talk to you about it on... Saturday or Friday after we've seen it. I think it's going to be great. I think we should do a frame rate on it, to be honest with you. I think it'd be awesome. 100%. Um, But I can't go on the official Star Wars page without seeing horrible, horrible comments from people. Just comment after comment after comment. Why are you doing this? This is garbage. Why does this exist? Mary Sue. I mean, over and over and over and over. And it's like, I look at this like it's, it's it's shocking to me, and I get there are things that we don't like, and I, then I I can I come back to our our alien fandom, and even within our group of people that we know, people who've been a part of the show that aren't anymore, but that we're still friends with, like Sean um, Hewitt, Sean Summer, our friend Connor, who start who's still a part of the group with us, our friend Clara. We all love different things. We all. Um, things that we like and or don't like about Alien, but we can sit down and have a civil conversation about it. We can. We really can. We're at that point now. We were at that point about a year and a half ago where it was just like toxicity. Um, A lot of it coming from certain groups too, just gatekeeper groups, people saying, no, this is shit, whatever. And it was something that I had And not only the anti-Ridley crowd, there was a lot of of toxicity on behalf of the prequels and the oh, I, for sure. I mean and that was that was actually in some ways i think more virulent as this move as this year uh went on like i really noticed the backlash against the people who were kind of hating on the prequels uh was in some ways even more violent it was it, it, it that was super weird yeah it was weird where the reverse happened so yeah. if you said anything negative about the prequels you were attacked right um and we even had a couple of comments about the show like we've been attacked you guys yeah ever- yeah, can you ever, can you guys ever talk about the prequels without someone saying I hate it? And for the record, no one said that on this no. show. And also, I'm um, like the guy who likes the fucking prequels. That's like that's like why I got on the show in the first. Like I got on the show yeah. in the first place because I was like, Jamie, 
I want to like give people who enjoy these prequels a voice on this thing because because yeah. I felt like there wasn't one. There and, wasn't one. Yeah. Right. And and that that was like how we got balanced, which was great. Right. Um, the force but, was balanced. Oh my god, I'm so fucking excited. We're so close. You right have now. the high ground now. <laughs> <laughs> but I, again, just to wrap that that little portion up. Yeah. I'm so overjoyed to be in this alien fandom there is so much uncertainty i'm dying to hear some type of series streaming series release or a film announcement or whatever and i'm sure that that's coming really soon i feel like that's really coming soon just with all of the the hype that happened over the summer and all the attention that the the new bergen high school is that was it called new bergen Mm -hmm. yeah Um, all of the the attention the excitement from like news outlets all over the world Uh, north north bergen sorry North Bergen, okay. Yeah. Uh, Alien is still king, and I know that we're probably very close to some type of announcement. And I'm ready for it, and I'm uh, and I'm waiting. But it's also you're when you're in an uncertain time. There's a new like right now, like just just to let people know, for a, a couple of years we had contacts at Fox. Um, one of those contacts, Steve Zerlin, invited me up there. As everyone knows, I reported on it. Great time. We have no contacts at Fox. Our friends at AVP Galaxy, essentially. I mean, we had no people working on certain properties that are relating to Fox, but we don't know anybody who's a part of the team at Fox now. Nobody does. Um, we don't know who's in part of fan outreach. It's it's all of that exclusive contact information that we had is over. It's done. Um, and we've tried to reach out to find out who's in charge, who do we talk to, who's our point person. Nothing. There's been there's been radio silence. Nobody knows what's going on. Yeah. Even people working on projects currently for Fox do not know who's in charge. Um, so it's, it's an uncertain time. Um, but I think the great thing about this time is that we can come in and provide content, provide the show. There's so much more to talk about. We have a Prometheus series coming up. It's a film that Patrick and I do not like, but we feel like we need to talk about it. Um, we also feel like we maybe should talk about the AVP films via Patreon at some point. Um, Patreon exclusive only. AVP AVP. AVP films discussion and maybe commentary. Um, I fucking hate those films, um, but I own them and I watch them. <laughs> I, I I have only, I I do not hate the first one. I actually like it, although I think it's I don't stupid. hate the first one either. The sec the second one I I've, I've as people know I've only seen it one time and it was opening night and I have never seen it since. So that means we're way. going on no, twelve years. I, yeah. I I have not been able to watch it again, and I think it'd be very funny to capture the experience of me Patrick watching it, it for the second eight. time. I saw it as a four year old. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I saw it when I was 60. <laughs> you just got your AARP card. Um, but moving on through the year, just, you know, briefly, I, I feel like, you know, we had all this positivity coming out of Alien Day and it was such a galvanizing moment in fandom. And I really felt like that was just the, the to me, the, the narrative of this year, other than celebrating this legacy was fandom coming out from all over the world together in celebration and in joining over things that we love together instead of focusing on the things that we disagree about. Um, you know, I mean, also this year, of course, we had the the, uh, the Fathom screenings that happened just a couple months mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. And I got to go with one of my really great friends, Kevin, um, and Mike Dennis, who listens to the show, uh, we got to go see it together. We got to hang out, um, and we got to go in a theater full of Alien fans. 
Um, and everybody around the world who was an Alien fan who was near a theater that was screening this got to do it within the same couple-week period, and we all talked about it, and we were able to, like, again, do live streams while we were there. We were able to, like, share um, what where our experiences were. Um, and it was another moment where we all kind of just came together. And also in the midst of all this too, there's all this uncertainty, right? About what's going to happen with, for example, and this is something that my friend Michael, I just mentioned, um, great dude, Dennis mentions to me a lot when I see him at work, which is like, what's going to happen with the NECA license? What's going to happen with the, uh, with the dark horse license? You know, Disney has these, uh, they have like an enormous publishing arm, obviously, because they own Marvel, which is a pretty big deal. Um, and there must be, you know, deals that they get to publish their comics through that, just like they do with Star Wars. Um, and they also have, uh, the, the obviously billions of fucking toys that they make and, and licensed figures and things. So like, clearly there's this question in the air of what happens next with the NECA license and what happens next with the books and with the comics. And I have to say either, um, in defiance of that uncertainty or to, uh, maybe to make a quick buck while they still can, but I don't think so. All of those companies that I mentioned have been pumping out like more and more than ever this year in terms of content, right? We've had, you know, multiple Dark Horse uh, smaller arcs that happened this year between Resistance and Rescue and all these other ones. Uh, and we, uh, William Goldman. W- William Gibson. Uh, William Gibson, yeah. sorry. William Gibson uh, comic that released uh, with artwork by Johnny Christmas, who we had on the show. Right. And we had the... The audio drama version, which I haven't heard because I'm not interested, <laughs> um, with You're not missing Michael one. Bean and oh really you listened Michael yeah. Bean and Lance Henriksen, which even if you're not you know even if you're not a huge fan, it's out there. They were producing a and lot it was of a major thing. It was on Audible, right? It, it was directed by Dirk Mags, who's super good. I I don't love it, but I know many people who did, and uh, more power to them. That's really great. And we also we had Alien had Isolation, the novel, right? Oh, we have, yeah, we have, that's right. Oh, yeah, we, we even missed out. There were a couple of things earlier that we didn't even talk about. One of them was the fucking ridiculous, ridiculous fucking short digital alien isolation films that came out that, uh, I still have, like, I haven't downloaded GIF making software for any other reason than making GIFs out of the poor lip movements in that game. And they've become basically what I text to Jamie now when he's saying something that sounds like an idiot or something. I text him like one of the characters <laughs> from fucking <laughs> from this digital short series going. Uh, but, you know, it was content. But we also had Blackout, which I think was actually a surprise hit yes, within fandom. Yes. To me, that was, and I, I really distinctly remember that because uh, we had early access which was super awesome and the day that it dropped i had to get uh like root canal surgery done in the morning and i was like all i want to do is fucking be like alert long enough to be able to play this game with other people on the day that it launches and i remember like i had to stay home from work because i had the surgery done and i just played blackout for like hours and hours that day didn't we have the alexa game drop this year or was that last year that was that was two uh, two years ago okay okay um, but Blackout was like such, a, and it was so great because I knew, and I, and I I wasn't allowed to talk about it, but I knew and was kind of hinting at with people that it was going to be more beloved than I think we were expecting because all of the publicity was like this is bullshit. Everybody want and everybody does want obviously an isolation sequel. That that's still that's still something that's very much what people actually want. But everybody was focusing so much on it, like the, what a weird business choice it was. Instead of you know getting a, an actual proper sequel made to have this mobile game, including me, I was like, this this sounds like a terrible idea. I remember well, telling yeah, you that. Yeah, like, it was ruled doomed. out like it was some like 
with some pomp and circumstance. You know what was also really great? I'm not much of a gamer. I downloaded it. I tried to play it. It really scared me. Like, I was feeling tense about being in that It's super intense. It's really intense. But you know what I loved about that whole time is that we were waking up in the morning or coming home from work and we were talking, hey, where where are you at with the game? And we were all talking. And it was just an exciting place to be. You know, some of it was everyone's expecting a movie announcement. I think part of that you hear about all these things that are happening. It's Alien Day. Are they going to announce something? And so there's an expectation where they're going to announce. We heard about a series for a long, long time. We got this covered. <laughs> Ain't got shit covered. Um, over and over. Is there a series? Is there a series? What's happening? And some of the information we were hearing sounded legit. And none of that happened. But what we did get really, everyone really rallied behind. The short films by Tongle were really, really great fun for in terms of homage films. Uh, we got to interview the director, uh, ben Howdeshell on the show about his short film Alien Harvest, fantastic. Um, yeah, it was just it was just a really lovely time. It was, and and again that positivity and that productivity carried through. We saw books getting dropped like one after the other. You know, we had uh, the the isolation novelization by Keith uh, DiCandido uh, come out. I don't remember what month that was at this point, but it was earlier in the year. We had Alien Prototype drop. We had announcements about Alien Phalanx coming, which is coming out in a couple of months. Uh, we had uh, the announcement that Alien Infiltrator by Weston uh, Ochi was coming out also in uh, 2020. We had all of these comics, like I was mentioning. We had the Rinsler book, The Making of Alien, which was another enormous hit. Another one that everybody pre-ordered. Everybody ate up. Uh, I bought twice. You bought twice. You did your, <laughs> did your part. Um, and it's something that has helped this show a lot as we, you know, put the series together because we had incredible firsthand research materials to draw on. But also, like, we were, I mean, it's, it's still on my desk right next to me right now. I, I love this book. I reference it all the time. And, and everybody else that I've spoken with feels the same way about it. It's an amazing treasure trove. And of course, yeah. we found out we're getting a sequel to it. We're getting the yeah. Aliens book. Yeah. From Hopefully we get well. an Alien 3 book, too. Wouldn't that be amazing? I, if anybody is listening to this at Titan, please give us a, an Alien 3 book. He's going to say fucking Alien 3 book. We I do. was going to say, there's, I'm like, I'm dropping no too many There's no making of Alien 3 anything. There's no book. There's just no little like anything. There's no Alien 3 anything available in terms no. of, except for just the movie and the documentary, which was done by Charles de los Rica, who was awesome. Yeah. Which, by the way, we are going to do a Prometheus series coming up, and we'll probably have Charles back on to talk about his experiences on that film. I hope so. Um, and of course, thanks to our patrons, we were able to have him at our event for our Blade Runner show this year. Yeah. And we got to like not only interview him on stage and everything, but hang out with him and get to, and he got to meet a lot of our fans, many of whom listen to both shows. Uh, and, and like that, thanks patrons for doing that. He's somebody who I think our relationship with is even deeper now than it ever has been. And he's just an amazing resource that we have. Yeah. Uh, and that's something that this year I think really solidified for us. Um, one other thing I want to mention is the RPG, which was another huge surprise for me. That was something that going into this year, I had no clue was even on the table, uh, literally. Um, and then now that it's, you know, out and, and we're closing the year out and I have my, all my pre-order stuff's here. My cousin's got it. He got the deluxe edition of it. Um, I'm it's playing it beautiful. online with people. It's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and it is like, so again, it's just suffused with love. You know, Clara was uh, a huge consultant on this project. 
you know, some of us have entered into the actual text of it. So there's some Easter eggs in there for people. There's some fandom people that are in there. Um, and it is, it's just like this wonderful thing that now I'm going to stay up all night playing with my cousins over Christmas break that, you know, didn't exist coming into this year. And now we're closing it out with this, like, I'm trying to f- get up to speed on the game rules because, you know, we have to go play with family for a long time. Um, it's just, it's just a, it's an, it's been, it's been an amazing year for Alien. It really has been. It has been. And I'm really excited about the future, uh, the next five years. We're coming up on our five year anniversary in February. We're, we're ha- planning a whole episode around that. Um, again, we're planning some new audio dramas. Um, I think 2020 is going to really be a really, really great year. Who knows? We might get an announcement on something. I don't know. Um, I, I feel like we will. Of course, we have Alien Day coming up in about five months. Um, so that's that'll be interesting this year to have Alien Day without Fox formally being around, even though they're still a company. None of the people who put on Alien Day in the past are going to be there. So it's going to be interesting to see what Disney does, if they do anything at all. It might just be a fan day where we celebrate Alien Day as fans. Um, but I'm excited about the future. I really am. I think uh, the sky's the limit. There's so much more to talk about. There's so much more to discuss. Um, we also put on um, Alien Outland, which was a little mini web series that we did, written by me, filmed by Patrick, music by Patrick, starring his wife, Micah, and Clara. And Clara. And I was just about to bring up Outland. I'm so glad we, we got back around to that because that was actually a huge project. That was something that, yeah. you know, we came into this year. There was all this momentum. Jamie's like, I have this idea that I, you know, I, I don't, I'm not sure what the next steps would be with. Why don't we try something new? And we did. And we teased it. And people were like, what is this thing? And and it's gone on to have a really nice, like, kind of long life on YouTube now because it was released in a serial format over time. Starting um, on uh, Alien Day in April right. and, and finished in October. <laughs> finishing in October. And and every single episode kind of fleshed the story out very slowly. It was a very different side of Alien. And it was something that it was the first time we've ever experimented with a standalone digital series like that. And uh, and again, thanks, patrons, for supporting that because it, we're, we're going to hope to bring more of that type of experimental content, content in the future. Totally. And I really wanted to write an alien film without showing an alien. Could you do that? What, how scary would it be to talk about something that you don't understand where there's something happening, but you're not seeing it. You're only hearing it. And I really love it. I really love the way the, 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 the series came out. I actually need, I want to watch it again, but it's creepy. It's got great visuals. Uh, a lot of time and effort went into it and uh, I'm excited it's there. Hopefully we can do something like that in the future, maybe even a little bit bigger, but really the only way that's going to happen is if we get more supporters on Patreon. I mean, we could, Patrick and I could probably get together and shoot something um, pretty cool. That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. But, I want to uh, give a, we'll a quick pitch uh, for our YouTube channel. If you don't, so, you know, we, we don't, we don't really advertise for ourselves very much on this show, but we should, because we have a YouTube channel that actually has like almost 600 subscribers. It's pretty active. Uh, every episode that we publish also gets published to YouTube, at, you know, as an audio uh, piece too, so you can listen through there. But also, for example, Proximity, Last Stand at Hadley's Hope, uh, has 16,000 views right now. Um, the entire thing is uploaded there. Uh, Outland is all there. The first episode is over a thousand views now. Um, altogether, there's probably you know something like eight thousand views of that p of that material. Um, so we actually have like a pretty robust YouTube presence, and I would encourage anybody who listens to the show and likes to you know uh, hear what we have to say to check it out. You know, it's another venue for fandom, and and YouTube has its own ecosystem that's really incredible. You know, whether yeah. it be the Mr. H stuff or um, there's, there's some amazing alien materials in there, alien archives. Uh, check it out. It's good stuff. 
Yeah. And really, again, with Patreon, I mean, the more subscribers we can get on YouTube, uh, maybe eventually we can monetize. And it, and and our monetization, every penny we get from you guys goes right back into the show. It goes into equipment. It goes into us seeing each other. We are th- talking about a live event, Patrick and I, maybe coordinating that with some friends of ours. We're, you know, it's still in very early stages. We, we're not going to announce anything right now, but we're talking about it. And the only way that that's going to happen is if we get support to do that. So, Because every conversation where we talk about it ends with us going, oh, yeah, but we don't have any money for it. So if you want us to get money for it, to do a live event and for you to come and hang out with us, consider joining our Patreon. Um, as, as we wrap, I kind of wanted to do a quick little lightning round through some of the episodes that we recorded with Forbidden Planet in particular. This was something that... Uh, I think was long awaited from us and for also from our listeners. We we had never done a full long form um, exploration of the film that started this whole thing 40 years ago. And, uh, and it felt a little strange almost because it's, it's, it's so iconic and it's so um, imprinted in our subconscious that to talk about alien as a, as a movie that, you know, had to at some point have been made by real people that um, had to be talked about, not in a strictly academic or behind the scenes sense, but in more of this exploratory way, like what's special about it? Why do we talk about it? Why do we come back to it over and over again? And I feel like we really teased out some interesting things there. Um, I would say some of my highlights, something that I loved about the series was uh, Jamie and I had this thing where we were like, you know what? We have all these great people who write into the show, who send us emails, who engage on Facebook. So many of them have interesting things to say. And if they do, we should just ask them to come on the show with us. So this this whole series to me really was marked by different voices from the community, from fandom, people who have never been on a podcast before, some people who have been on other shows but never tried ours before. But basically what we did this time was when somebody would write in with something really compelling, instead of just taking that and running with it, we would d- talk about if there was room to make an episode about it and if there was, to have them come on. So for example, um, our, our great friend Madge uh, was talking a lot about Giger and we wanted to do a Giger episode, and he came on that and did an amazing job, and we're going to have him on again. Uh, we had our friend Dusty Tweedhope, who's been engaging with the show for years, come on. Um, we had, obviously, Mike Dennis, who I've mentioned a few times, who was talking about cinema in the 70s with me, and I was like, you know what? That sounds like a really great episode idea. We had, of course, uh, this just lastly released episode on the in the series, uh, which was... Uh, Finding Ripley Part 2, which had Andy Geek Girl and my wife come on. Um, and you know, Andy Geek, Geek Girl is somebody who we just love. She's just had amazing stuff to say in fandom for quite a while now. She's so, uh, you know, enthusiastic. And, um, and we kind of took a gamble. We're like, you know what? She probably would be a great co- podcast guest. We already knew my wife was because she comes on the Blade Runner show all the time. But that was like one of the best episodes we have ever recorded. And it probably could have been four hours long if we hadn't yeah, been, you know, it was awesome. If it hadn't been so late. It was a really, really, really great. It was one of my favorite episodes just because it got t- turned into a little bit of therapy, but I think really the best stories and the best characters, they speak to you on a deep level if you're willing to listen. And that was an episode that was showcasing that. Totally. We also got to talk about Jerry Goldsmith and the score in depth, which is something that we've wanted to do before because of my background as a professional composer and your background as a lover of music and film. And um, and that was, I think, like one of the best conversations we've actually ever had i really think episode 117 for me um it was it was the most challenging to edit of any of any of the ones that at least that i've edited because i really wanted to bring in a lot of other examples of things from musical materials and i feel like the listening experience to that was like a whole different angle on what a perfect organism episode can be 
Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, the the one right after that was uh, was one eighteen, which was unpopular opinions, which was just one of the funniest things we have ever got on record. We had our friend Dave Gogol come back. We had Michael Scudieri come on. Uh, that was his. I think that was his second time on the show. Um, another new voice in fandom to have on the show who has gone on to become a great friend of ours. He's contributed artwork for things. Just he an runs awesome Ash, dude. Uh, fan fiction, which Ash is an original, fiction. original, original hand drawn comic. It's not photoshopped or anything. It's all hand drawn. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, another notable uh, episode we had was our friend, our friend and admin Connor Murdoch, who's been on the show many times. He was able to interview a gentleman named Steve Stevie Douglas. Douglas. Yeah, Stevie J. Douglas, and Stevie J. Douglas is the director of the unfilmed script, the original story that. Vincent Ward wrote a wrote before it became what we saw in Alien Three, and so this story was produced by a production company and turned into a stage play. And what I've seen in the visuals, I hear it's going to be available on YouTube soon. It looks amazing. I think it was produced by a company called uh, Productions on a Shoestring or Shows on a Shoestring or something like that. Connor talked to him for a long time. Um, that's something I can't wait to watch it. So maybe we can oh, discuss yeah. it after we've seen it. That's fodder for another episode. Maybe totally. we can have Connor on again. But again, just another notable episode and uh, a notable production in a year with the alien production in North Bergen High School. I mean, so many things happening. It's these films are so important to people. Uh, yeah. These films and even iterations of them continue to speak to people on a daily basis. Um, and we're here sort of at the epicenter of that. And it's just an incredible thing. It's an amazing place to be. I have to say also that episode with Stevie Douglas that Connor did is just the greatest. It is just like the battle of the brogues. Like, I feel like oh, totally. for, for them, like they, they're, they're not aware of it. But for somebody who does not have a delightful Scottish accent, getting to hear them be raunchy with each other and, and these like very thick accents for like two hours or however long that show is, it is just priceless. And that again was like an example of, you know, Connor had this material and he was like, do you want to do something with it? And we're like, let's make an episode out of it. Uh, to me, a big thing for the show this year was finding new voices and getting them a spot to get their opinions and their ideas out there. And I hope we get to do more of that because I think that that was one of the best aspects of this entire year for me personally. And it just speaks to agree. this whole, this idea of um, fandom really uh, being super active, you know? I would agree. So it's been a really great year. It's been a great year to finally meet Patrick and spend multiple days and nights with him and his wife and the, you know, the exhibit, everything that we talked about, just the excitement of the fans, where fandom is, being at the at the center of that, offering great content, talking, meeting great people. Um, and we've, we've done all this with you guys, our listeners. We've, we're sharing all of it with you. And we are so honored for the success of this show. This show is really, really successful. Um, it's successful more than I, my wildest dreams. And uh, it's just great to, it's great to be here. And we're entering the fifth year anniversary of this show. So gets, there's going to be a lot of stuff on that next year. You're going to yep. notice it's five years since Jamie started this. Uh, and we're about to it. also, we're about to roll over 200,000 downloads that might even be this episode that does it, uh, which is just, just astounding. The level of engagement. I mean, Inga obviously needs his own whole separate episode. That's just a shout out to how amazing that guy is. Oh yeah. Uh, but he's just like, just, just brought so much to our 
social media feeds and to our fandom. And, uh, and he's such a big part of our show and of our lives. Um, and this year, I feel like he really kind of just elevated what we had to do visually to a whole new place. I feel like uh, there's been so much growth in the next five years. I can't even imagine what that's going to be like. It's it's, but we're so glad that we're going to have everybody listening to this uh, with us on that journey. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. We'll see you in the new year. Merry Christmas. Happy new year. Yep. And, uh, and we're going to, uh, we're going to sign off for the year with this episode. We will be back after a few weeks off with some new content and some new shit. So we will see you guys uh, in 2020. For more on Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast, please visit perfectorganism.com. Perfect Organism is available for listen or download through Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and Spotify. If you'd like to support the show, please visit perfectorganism.com forward slash support. Thank you.